Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year, then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012. And I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this in Flushing Meadows, Queens, and I'm standing outside of City Field, the home of the New York Mets. My uh, time here in New York is continuing. It is a chilly December day here in Queens, and I am, for the very first time in my life, I'm at City Field. That's a strange thing for me to say because I lived here. I mean, I'm I'm visiting New York for for work reasons. I'm not here necessarily for pleasure, but I I stuck out and I'm doing a couple things here for the podcast. Uh, I lived in New York for a long time. I lived in New York City from 1990 to 2005. When I when I arrived in New York, I was a college student, and when I left, I was married with two kids. Um, a lot. It's a lot of transition in my life, and I went to many, many games at Yankee Stadium and at Chase Stadium over the years. So it's still kind of strange to me that when I think about the stadiums that I haven't been to, that I that are on my checklist of where to go, that one of the ones that is on the checklist is, and two of the ones are in New York. Uh, so I'm now, this is the first time I'm physically here. Now, I, I, I've talked about this. I'm walking along. I'm by the, right now I'm by the Seaver Gate at City Field. Of all the, the stadiums that have a corporate nickname, that have a corporate you know, label to them, uh, I think City Field is one of the best ones because at the very least, it so it sounds like it sounds a little bit like the city. It sounds like what the personality of the team should be. It's a city field. If it was called City Bank Field, I'd probably vomit a little bit. Now, it is still a little surreal for me to think of the Mets in a stadium that looks like this. Now, to be fair, it's a lot easier to think of them playing here since they have developed memories in this stadium. You know, the the idea of the Mets, their greatest moments, the greatest moments in the history of the team, you close your eyes and they're in Shea. You know, the most of the most of the great moments you think of the winning the 1969 World Series, um, the obviously the 86 World Series, obviously the, you know, even some of the other games like the Andy Chavez catch, that was a game where they lost, but still it's something that Met fans remember forever. You know, you think of Shea Stadium, at least I do. But since they won the pennant the other year and uh, they made it to the playoffs this year as a wild card team, they're starting to build memories here in City Field. And, well, there you go. Uh, it, it looks like, you know, when I did the podcast that I posted the other day of me at Ebbets Field, it does look like what the photographs of Ebbets Field looks like. And I've made the point, I made the point over and over, that I feel that there was a little bit of a missed opportunity to make this stadium for the Mets be a tribute to the nostalgia 
of the 1960s, as opposed to having everything be hearkening back to World War II nostalgia and the Ebbets Field and everything, everything being the boomers, the baby boomers have to have complete control of all nostalgia. But that being said, it looks like a fine stadium. The thing that is, here's the thing that why I, I, I'll stand by my, my thoughts about this needing to be a 60s nostalgia and why this feels like a, a, a 50s nostalgia. When you see some of the new retro parks that are being built, two of the best ones are in San Diego and in San Francisco. Marvelous parks. And they fit right into the, the city. They fit right into the community. And the streets and the geography help shape the actual shape of the ballpark. When I was at Ebbets Field the other day, and I was picking up litter along what the right field line was, the, re the reason why the right field fence was where it was and center field jetted out where it, where it did was because that was the shape of the, the roads. That was the shape of the stadium was built because that's where the streets were. The left field wall, the green monster at Fenway Park is there because that's what Jersey Street's on the other side. Lansdowne Street's over there. I mean, that's, it's, it shapes the stadium. And so when you see some of the strange angles and you see some of the strange things jutting out here and jutting out there at, here at City Field, while it has a nice feel to it, it has a nice look to it, the fact of the matter is it, that's artificial. It's in the middle of where I'm standing right now. It's in the middle of a big ass parking lot. And the reason is because you saw in the 1960s, as car culture was more prevalent than you know, street car culture and, and trolleys and trains, the way you got to the ballpark was by car. So you plopped a stadium in the middle of a parking lot. That's what Shea was. And without the constrictions of the streets to shape a ballpark, you could shape it the way you want to. And the shapes of the old-time ballparks were functional. The quirks and the mannerisms here are an artificial nostalgia. And I suppose my point remains that the Mets are a team that has a real nostalgia and has a real long-term happiness and growth to it with their fans, but that's one in the 60s. That their hearts were ripped out, but they got something new, and eventually they were rewarded. They showed their loyal Mets fans showed their loyalty by embracing one of the worst teams in the history of baseball, and within seven years were rewarded with a World Series that was as startling as any that's ever been won to this day. And the effects of that World Series are still being felt on this franchise. They've won two World Series, and they were both startling in their own way. The one being the how this team out of nowhere beat the Orioles, who are, looked like they were becoming one of the great teams of baseball history, and of course the 1986 World Series, and we all know what happened then. 
And that took place in a circular stadium in the middle of a parking lot. Hold on a second. Ooh, your pal Sully got a little bit of trouble. I was walking, doing talking, and apparently I walked into the employee parking lot. And someone came over and reprimanded me. I love being reprimanded. Uh, I actually didn't want to uh, keep the recorder moving because it would look, I didn't know it looked like I was doing something spy-like. Um, let me get back to my point there for a second. Because it's funny. This is a stadium that appears to be, and I've made this joke before, and it appears to be a love letter to the Brooklyn Dodgers, the team that left. And it, it does look like the way that the Ebbets Field looked in, in terms of the, uh, the old pictures and everything and creating that nostalgia. Well, do you know what team kind of got it right in terms of building a stadium where there is no uh, restrictions in terms of the roads and, and car culture and everything? It's a stadium that I've picked on a little bit, but I'm thinking about it now. It's the second oldest stadium in the National League, and that's Dodger Stadium. Dodger Stadium is a stadium that sits on top of a mountain, Chavez Ravine. There is no restrictions in terms of the walls or the boundaries of it. It's just there, and they've created the best sight lines, the best views. I mean, it's a wonderful place in terms of the optics of watching a baseball game. You go there, it's designed for watching baseball. No streets form the walls, no avenues cut through right field. But it doesn't have a antiseptic quality to it. It has a great sense of history to it, and it's a wonderful looking place to see a baseball game. I'll tell you another stadium. Where the Royals play, what used to be called Royal Stadium, now it's called Kauffman Stadium. That is also in the middle of a parking lot, but has a wonderful warm... I've been to a game there, and I've seen it in the World Series, which, by the way, a World Series where they beat the Mets. And that's an example of a stadium that isn't constricted by the streets around them. It's in the middle of a damn parking lot. But it has character. It has warmth. And I think, again, it's tough for me to criticize a stadium, which I actually have never been to a game here, and I'm sure it's a better feel than Shea, which by the end was getting a little old, was getting a little rusty, getting a little, I don't know, rough around the edges. But isn't that what the Mets character is about? Isn't that the reason why teams, the, the people embrace the Mets, that they weren't the Yankees winning championships left and right, that it was harder to be a Mets fan, but it added character to you? Shouldn't the Mets stadium reflect that in a strange way? Instead of hearkening back to the, you know, the nostalgia of the 50s, which drives me bananas. Look it. It's just, I'm sure it's a great place to see a baseball game. But there is an opportunity that was missed here to create something where 
you can have a baseball-only experience, have a 60s nostalgia feel to it, because that's what the team's nostalgia is, and have it be the quintessential Mets feel to it instead of this Dodgers feel. And so I, the reason I got reprimanded by the parking lot attendant is I'm now standing in the parking lot of City Field. I'm in Section B right now. There's nobody here. And I am trying... Is that it over there? I am trying to figure out where Shea Stadium was. It's somewhere right around where I'm standing. Somewhere right around where your, your pal Sully is standing right now in this parking lot in Flushing, Queens was the site, the footprint of Shea Stadium. I think I see a marker over there. That's either a marker or something that says, please don't let your dog pee here. You know, it shouldn't be this hard to find. Hold on a second. I'm going to figure something out. Okay, I got to find... Evidently, they have the locate. They have the home plate is somewhere here in this parking lot. Is that it? Is that where the home plate was? There should also be a big-ass statue for uh, William Shea here. Because lest we forget... There would be no, oh, I see, here we are. There would be no stadium here and no National League team in New York if it wasn't for William Shea and the work he put in for what eventually became the expansion, uh, the, the Continental League. Okay, I'm standing where it says the site of Shea Stadium's third base. So there is a plaque here. I knew there was something here. So there's a plaque here for third base. All right. So you know where I'm going here. I think right over here is the pitcher's rubber. All right. Folks, there's something I really, really am angry about. I'm here standing on what was the mound. Where I'm standing right now was the damn mound at Shea Stadium. And there's a plaque here. The plaque says, the site of Shea Stadium, pitcher's plate, 1964 to 2008. Folks, <clears throat> does nobody here know enough about baseball to know that it's called the pitcher's rubber? The pitcher's mound? The pitcher's plate? What the hell is going on here? So, I have my foot here on the rubber. This is where Chiraldi was standing, where Bob Stanley was standing. And yes, Met fans, where Orozco was standing. Yeah, where uh, Jerry Kuzman was standing to finish the 1969 World Series. So I'm now facing, this is home plate here. And right now I'm walking from the pitcher's rubber. Watch, it says, this is home rubber here, or something like that. Shea Stadium home plate. Here we go. Here's where Getty was crouching down, right here. And the ball got away from him, right over there. The woman with her arms waving. This is where I'm, where I'm standing right now. 
was home plate at Shea Stadium. This is where Kevin Mitchell scampered across to tie the game. And airplanes flying right overhead. And as a Red Sox fan, you know I have to come here for the most overrated play in the history of baseball. I'm now walking up from home plate over to first base. And this is where Buckner was. Right where I'm standing is where Buckner was. When the game was already tied. And right where I'm standing is where the ball went through his legs. Now, what I can't help but think of is so many games, this parking lot must be filled. And how many times someone is parked right here, I'm now standing in a parking lot right now, the parking space, got out and go like, oh, that's where first base was. Well, this is an interesting way that they've at least have a memorial here. You can just sort of drive over it, not even notice it. I still don't know why it says the pitcher's plate. I'm going to go from first to second here. You know, one of the other things that I think is uh, at least an aesthetic missed opportunity to have it be sort of faux nostalgia instead of something new, instead of something something. Uh, you know, a design that harkens to the 60s but also has something sort of modern as well, is the fact that there is a sense of there, there is a sense of sports here more than just baseball. As I look over, I see the, the, the series of stadiums that are used for the U.S. Open tennis tournament that is right across on the other side of the train station here. One side is baseball, the other side is tennis. And tennis doesn't have those restrictions. You don't go to Wimbledon and say, yeah, you be careful when you you, got, you do your forehand at Wimbledon, the uh, the left-hand line juts in because a river's on the other side there. No, it's there's there's less of a uh, a sense to make a tennis arena quirky. And so there's less of a pressure to sort of make it, to sort of harken back to some nostalgia or anything like that. With the Mets, they could have had something that kind of looked like some of the U.S. Open. So it looks like a giant complex of all sorts of great sports figures and moments that they could have here. But the main thing is, they built Shea Stadium when the rage was the multi-purpose stadiums. So they created Shea in the same manner that they created Three Rivers Stadium and Veterans Stadium, except they made one major change, which was they didn't enclose it. You actually could look out and see Queens and part of this, you know, and, and you saw that you were in a city. It was You weren't shut off from the rest of the world. And I'll tell you something. In 1981, I came to a game that took place here in this parking lot I'm standing in, not in the baseball stadium I just turned my shoulder to look at. And I was overwhelmed. I thought Shea was amazing. I thought Shea looked beautiful. And I thought Shea was open, and you could see where you were, and it was a wonderful feeling watching that game. And I immediately 
saw, because at that time I had seen a, uh, a video that featured the 69 World Series, I could be like, yeah, that's where Tommy Agee made that catch and everything like that. What they did wrong was they did the multi-purpose. This was an opportunity to create something for today's fans that harken back to the real nostalgia of why this team was created and founded. But they didn't. And we have City Field, which is, again, it seems like a nice place. I'm not going to complain. There just was a missed opportunity. Meanwhile, I'm currently standing what was right field at Shea Stadium, and that's not so bad. I would like to see a game here, and hell, I'm sure it's a great place to see a ball game. I really, really do. Don't think this is me being sour grapes or me being a sour puss. I'm just sad that a chance of a different kind of nostalgia, a nostalgia for another age and another era, you had the opportunity to do that here, and it didn't happen. So, on that note, I'm going to walk back to the train and let you know. Oh, and there's the original apple. The apple, com- the apple coming out of the hat when a home run is hit. And it looks kind of weathered and beaten. That was from Shea Stadium. And do you know what? There was something about that that was kind of cool. That it wasn't slick. That it was kind of like, yeah, we're going to do some funny, funny, corny stuff. That's why they had the, the fans were holding the placards and the signs at, at uh, the polo grounds and at Shea Stadium early on. Because they weren't the Yankees. Anyway, I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad I was able to say goodbye to Shea Stadium, or at least in the parking lot. And someday I will see a game here. And on that day, I'll probably do a podcast. So go to SullyBaseball.com, like me on Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram. I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. From the site of Shea Stadium looking over at City Field, this has been the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast. And I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.